Hello and welcome. Thank you for checking out State of My Art Podcast, where I, Michael Yori, chat with fellow creatives about their projects, message, and journey to give you some inspiration and ideas and a little entertainment. Week number 23, episode 23, I hang out with my new good friends, Evan Galliano and John Alvarenga, AKA Chef John. They have teamed up to create the most interesting cooking show on the internet high quality edibles. These guys grew up together pretty much as family, paisanos you might say. You might also consider them spring chickens, but don't let their age fool you. These guys have well exceeded their 10,000 hours. Chef John is a master chef who's worked in several high-end restaurants all over the country. And Evan has already picked up some awards for his captivating short films, music videos, branding videos. Anyways, they recently got their YouTube channel, High Quality Edibles, off the ground, and it is out of this world. It has cool sketches and personality elements taking you into their story and what they're gonna make, followed by Chef John teaching you step-by-step step how to create the finest THC infused food. And then they wrap it up with a short podcast alongside a special guest where they're all enjoying the edibles. It's all very well produced, education and fun. I definitely recommend checking out the first couple episodes. The links are in the description. My conversation with Evan Galliano and Chef John of High Quality Edibles took place here in North Hollywood, California on January 9th, 2021. All right, boys, 11-11. We're really doing it. Welcome to the State of My Art podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for setting up all this production. Evan, and Chef John. How do you pronounce your last name, Evan? Galliano. Galliano. I get it? It sounds Italian. Originally. You are Italian? Yeah, like four generations back. Same. I'm like three. Really? Chef John, what's your last name? Uh, so I'm gonna, it's not pronounced properly, but my last name is Alvarenga. Alvarenga. Yeah, but it's a Hispanic, so if you want to hit it with a Hispanic accent. Sure. I don't, because I'm white. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just say, say Alvarenga, but it's like Alvarenga. Alvarenga. Yeah, if you, but I probably did that shitty, but. <laughs> Nailed it, man. Sounds yeah. good to me. Well, thanks again for being on, setting up all this production and lights. We got three mics with their own laptops for each freaking mic. <laughs> uh, what are these mics called? You guys brought these. The HyperX Quadcast S. The Hyper, HyperX Quadcast, that, man, they should be paying us. <laughs> these, they light up, um, and you guys really wanted to use these, and I respect that. I know, when you get a new toy, and it's sometimes inspiring. Chef John knows when you get that really expensive knife, it oh, inspires the, the dish. They're toys, man, they're toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, look at these lights. Yes, yes. And we are here in North Hollywood at your guys' apartment in the lounge, which is also... My girlfriend Sienna's apartment. You guys are her roommates, technically. John's here. Technically. Technically. John's your guys' personal chef at the apartment. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I have you guys on because you guys started a cool new YouTube channel called High Quality Edibles. First episode came out last week. Congratulations. It's awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank man. you. I learned a lot. I really enjoyed it. You guys make THC edibles. Is that what you would call them? Weed edibles, uh, infused. Yeah, yeah t infused. I feel like is a proper term, but I don't know. I I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> That'd be quite a term. Yeah. I think most people know what you're talking about when you say edibles. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, our channel is called 
high quality edibles. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't really need to uh, explain that. But uh, it's dope. Like you guys should check it out, all the viewers. Um, they show how to make the product from start to finish. And then they have a cool little powwow at the end as they try the edible. And that first episode is ice cream. So who doesn't love ice cream? Yeah. And the pistachio ice cream just looks so good. <laughs> oh my God. The first thing I said when you guys were trying it was, wait, so that was one scoop. Where's the rest of it? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to try it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically what this podcast is, we'll let you guys elaborate on the um, episode and the channel more. And um, what this is, is kind of going through artists journey where you guys came from what projects you're currently working on and like what your messages and what you want to get out there with your projects so evan we'll start with you you're a filmmaker i know that uh you've known sienna for a long time and had her uh, act in your stuff and it's, it's high quality filming thank you and photography as well right photography as well cool so where did it all begin for you when were you like this is my calling Oh man, I don't know, man. I've always, I always loved movies since I was a kid. My dad kind of got me into that stuff. We would watch all the classics. He'd show me like, as I would grow up, he'd show me the old school. Ah, oh, you gotta watch this, The Green Mile. The you gotta watch the Shawshank Redemption. Love, love, love those, those prison classics. movies, like those classic movies, Freedom, and like you know all those different themes of, of the American. I don't know American cinema, you know. Sure. And then I, I took a film class and I fell in love again, you know, with it. Like, and I realized, hey, wow, you can actually do this as a job. And I found, you know, you, you see the structure behind it, you see how people create it, and you're just classes kind of, in like college or a private class or the the first class I took was a ju in junior year of high school. Okay. Yeah, and then I took the advanced film class also in high school. Did my own little short film, which is pretty far ahead of most kids still in high school. Sure. Most kids really don't even make their first short film until college. Yeah, yeah. And I was already kind of doing that. I was on the Good Morning John Burroughs thing, which was our high school's kind of like broadcast, like news station. Cool. We were always doing dumb, stupid stuff. And it just really always started with like doing dumb. That was your high school? John dumb humor. John Burroughs? Burroughs, yeah, Burroughs? Burbank. That's where we both went. Burbank, sweet. Yeah. That's my train stop. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> That's you know. how I get here. <laughs> and just from there, yeah, went into college and, you know, just kept going with it, kept going with it, and a lot of people give up on it, and I just kept saying, you know what, hey, what's one more year of just going all at it? For sure. I mean, now I'm here. It's it's crazy, man. I've had a lot of failures, a lot of successes, but uh, this feels like the most success I've had, just being able to work on the show alone. It's been, it's been uh, it's a, a really cool idea, man. I'm really happy to be a part of it. For sure. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride, and it's crazy to see um, a lot of people with a lot of potential jump off, but... Uh, yeah, you just if you truly love it, you'll stick through it, and eventually you'll realize, like, man, I'm way better than I was like five years ago. Like, what was I thinking back then? And uh, yeah, and plus technology with things like film and audio, it's like, wow, what we were using back then. I mean, I'm still using really old shit, but like, especially with film, you got to keep up to date and like. Oh, uh, it's moving fast. Before you know, it's gonna be sixteen k. It's already eight, you know. Yeah. But I mean, beyond that, man, I think that for me, like filmmaking was always about uh, more than just telling a story, you know, it was about like expressing yourself. And I was a really artsy kid, you know, uh, me and Jonathan grew up together, you know. It's oh, like, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Like we, were, we knew each other Probably, since kindergarten. Yeah, I think before, before kindergarten, before. Honestly, yeah. Because we were in the same church. Our parents were in the same church. 
And uh, yeah, we then we had the same yeah. kindergarten class, and that's kind of awesome. Friends ever since, yeah. Absolutely, and, and I've always looked at us like two sides of like a uh, two different sides of the same coin. Two like, different, yeah, two different arts coming together for sure. Yeah, you see that on the episode. Jonathan's always been kind of like the more right brain, very like math, like science, yeah. very like you know just really good with numbers and memory and all of that. And I'm the opposite, terrible with all that <laughs> memory. I'm not, I'm not terrible. Uh, but, but it's like, not like your strong it's not my strong suit it's more the creative side more mm-hmm. like the, the find, finding solutions to, to things through just creative solutions right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I did after college a lot you know I, I went on to do not just music videos but then like I started a business and I got you know really bumpy it started it failed a few months later I tried it again what was the first business just like freelance filming so yeah I went from freelance filming for like I, I used to shoot for like uh, this company called Gigwana. Okay. And they would take me and basically um, I would shoot for people like just any musicians around LA. But then sometimes I would get crazy gigs. Like I shot for Slash from Guns N' Roses. Oh, shit. At the Whiskey A Go-Go. And I met Post Malone. <laughs> like, and that just, it's like crazy, dude. The, wow. the film industry, like that alone was a crazy night I could tell you all about later. But um, I went from there to doing music videos with them. And then at the same time, I was starting to kind of, you know, get a name for myself in like the indie music video industry, at least as far as that company was concerned, all these little indie artists. Sweet. And then I started to kind of branch into like marketing, like strategy and all that stuff. I okay. built a, a business called Brand Story. What's that about? Brand Story was about telling people stories and interviewing them. Okay. Uh, and digging into like the heart behind their business and why it like, you know, so like interviewing the customers and interviewing this. And I started working with people who were just like, you know, really, really just like, um, being in like the inspirational speaking industries and all these different industries and stuff where there's like they had crazy cool stories mm-hmm. to tell. But I always knew like really, I don't know. It was like, as I was building it, it was like destined for failure. I was working myself into the ground. I had a really bad burnout uh, last year around like December, 20, 2019. I was going to say, man, if, like even doing this podcast, time flies when you're in front of that premiere and and before you know it like especially with like a youtube channel the thing is like to keep pumping out content and keep putting out something like every week at least Mm. and it's exhausting man well i mean if anyone knows here about this it's jonathan because i don't know how you've worked the hours that you said you have i mean he worked three jobs (laughs) i mean it's really just you got to do it. You got to do it. You know, if, if you want to do something, you want to do something. And if you enjoy it, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, I always exactly. say that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess for me, I, I just, I, things grew out of control yeah. to the point where I, I didn't have enough of a team to help me with so many tasks that everything just started like too many, too many plates. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have all these, these actual, um, you know, paid shoots, you know, you have things in writing and you have to, you have to be there. And all of a, when things start to just crash and burn, you have a burnout really bad situation and not only that but in my family life as well i mean we both talked about it like the the ending of like going into 2020 we were both at our low like at the lowest of the low wow and then covid hit and it kind of hit pause for you i guess exactly man yeah it was uh for me it was honestly a good thing to be quite honest i mean as far as mental health is concerned yeah it gave me a lot of time to kind of just breathe you, you know. found this new place finally, and oh, yeah, you got your eventually. YouTube channel off the ground. Do you think 
those two things would ha- would have happened had it not been for the pandemic, or would you just still be spinning the tires? I mean, honestly, I don't think it would have happened, happened if the pandemic didn't happen. That's true. That's interesting. Yeah. That is true. I, I, don't um, I don't know if we would have kicked it. I don't know if we would have. We probably would have kicked it. Probably but, kicked like, it, but probably wouldn't have like gone forward with it as much because we just wouldn't have had the time. Yeah, we wouldn't have unemployed. Yeah, exactly. We would have been answering everyone else's calls, putting out fires. I feel it. I mean, I say that about this podcast too. Like, this is like you know me doing me. Um, on camera because I have so many conversations with other creatives all the time and I'm always like man I wish I can like have a platform to put this out so that's what this finally is it's created a lot more work but if it wasn't for the pandemic I probably would have never you know hit record and done it and started editing it and I still you know don't really believe that I'm ready but you know the saying is start before you're ready and I like gained a lot of education during this downtime too Uh, Whereas before this, I was like, you know, trying to get my feet planted in Southern California. And in doing so, I joined another band, was going on tour, playing all these shows. And I was like, man, I'm not even like doing my my one man music as much as I used to when I was like, you know, stuck at home booking my own tours. That got overwhelming, too. So I feel you on the like burnout thing. And it's been kind of nice to be like, what about trying this and getting good at this and I mean, we're in a storytelling generation and I feel like, okay, so the saying is that it went from data, a data generation to a story generation. And I feel like we're in this crazy time where we're evolving into a conversation generation, which is stemmed from a story generation. Yeah, yeah. But like so many of my friends won't listen to a three minute song anymore, but they'll listen to a two hour podcast. And I don't know if that just comes from getting older. Like maybe the boomers were like, I no longer listen to my Led Zeppelin albums, but I'll put on the radio for two hours. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like everybody, even young kids, are listening to all these podcasts and getting very influenced by them and inspired by them. That's my goal is to just inspire someone to do what they want to do and have different, um, all different sort of artists, uh, which I guess we can segue to Chef John, who I just met. (laughs) New Year's Eve, pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think around like yeah, New Year's Eve. A couple of days before New Year's Eve, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so. dude, very talented, and uh, in a totally like Evan said, a totally different form of expertise. Even obviously, yeah. it's a different art: food, music, film. But you are, like Evan said, very right brain measurement exact and you yeah, have to I'm be for that all part. by the book you know the only thing that makes sense to me is numbers so it's like literally like if i don't see something in a number it doesn't make sense to me that's why like pastry is perfect because it's all science yeah it's all you know like two an acid and a liquid you're gonna create uh, okay. oxygen and it's everything just really is science-based everything's really math-based and the, that's just how my brain works you know like yeah i'm creative also but like nothing makes more sense to me than like facts and numbers don't lie. That's like what I always say. And you're natural on camera. <laughs> Check out episode one. Chef John's just yeah, killing yeah. it. For real, man. In the podcast I, I don't know. I'm still like super embarrassed. And I hate, <laughs> I hate showing people just because like I'm not used to it. And like every time I hear my voice, I'm like, damn, like I hate that person. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just that's, like my insecurity. That's that. You're good. It's, it's imposter syndrome. We all have yeah. it. Imposter syndrome we all have. Yeah, I've had it. But like, I feel like... When I was watching, I was like, this dude's nailing it because he's seen so many people try and pull this off or do a good job. 
And that's 90% of why I am looked at as a good musician by a lot of people is all I'm doing is watching my heroes and listening to my heroes. And I'm like, all right, I think I know what to do. And then, yeah, after, after, I'll, after I play a show, I'm like, fuck, I wish I had said something else or I wish I had done something else. You get that. Yeah. But all your friends at the show are like, dude, I didn't know you could do that. Like, <laughs> how did you learn that? Yeah. And, and that was like your first episode, so it's only it's only up from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of food, like I can literally just make anything. You know, like I'm pretty confident that with the right tools, like I can literally make anything. And then infusing it, it's really just about if there's a fat that I can infuse. So, yeah, most things, almost everything has a fat in it, like some sort of fat, whether it's oil, butter, milk, cream. Okay. So the infusing part, that's honestly easy. Yeah. And then the actual cooking part, I've been doing it for so long that it's like kind of second nature you do it by the book you have a system yeah exactly yeah by the book it's, it's really like you follow the recipe and it's always going to turn out good and then like you know every oven is going to be slightly different and that oh, was your yeah. one like your, yeah your one thing in the in the video where you're like i wish i didn't make them that crispy yeah. was it the strawberries uh, it was actually the weed in the decarbonization oh, okay. stage yeah so cooking the actual weed um yeah i mean that's really just where technique comes from and that's since i've had so much experience you kind of like ovens all have different hot spots mm -hmm. whereas like even stoves you know some burners are going to be stronger than the others yeah. so that's all you just got to play it by like, ear i guess in a sense but like you just got to like look at it the feel of the thickness like the creaminess like everything really has an effect so you kind of just got to like pay attention and i don't it's know impressive <laughs> dude so let's go way back when were you finally like foods uh, foods my thing. honestly my story of how i got into culinary is actually super funny and weird um, so I never thought I was going to get into culinary. My entire life, I studied psychology. Whole life, since I was like six years old, I was always like, I'm going to be a psych major. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And then... Uh, Maybe that's why you're such a natural on the camera. You know what people uh, want to hear. Oh, that could, that could honestly be it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, no, so in high school, uh, maybe around like junior, senior year, um, I got bored one day and I was like, you know, I'm going to make some brownies. You know, I was already smoking weed. I was hungry. There was a box of brownie mix. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to just do regular brownies. So I just literally just slapped some peanut butter in between the layers of like batter. And then I put some peanut butter. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get wild, put some Nutella. Threw some Nutella on, threw the rest of the brownie mix. And I was like, I'm going to bring some to school, you know, give some to people. And I remember like giving it to people. And they were all just like, yo, this is amazing. And like a huge smile on their face. And I was like, wow, this is a great feeling, you know. Like I just made How, food. Uh, what, what grade is this? How I would say junior, like 11th, okay. 11th grade. Yeah, and um, I remember just like giving it to people. And everyone was just like super happy and like hyped and I was like damn and then senior year came around and uh started applying for colleges and I was a cocky son of a bitch again since I'm like so like, oh we all brain. were when we were 17 yeah 18. I, I did like super well in high school and I was like you know I'm only gonna apply to three high uh, three colleges Harvard Yale and fucking UC fucking Berkeley and I was like you know I'm, I'm just gonna get in all three of them you know easy and then I didn't get in any of them and I was just like shocked and I was like what the fuck but I'd apply to one other school, and they actually gave me a pretty big scholarship, and it was the Culinary Institute of America, and I got accepted. And there Where's was, that? It's in, uh, there's three locations. There's one in Napa, one in uh, Texas somewhere, know. and then one in, like, New York, okay. uh, I forgot where, or Hyde Park. And, yeah, I was like, dude, I got into culinary school. I was like, honestly, like... I could go to college and be super in debt for a while, or I could learn a practical skill. Full scholarship. And, yeah, no, it wasn't a full scholarship, but, I mean, like... It was like a hundred. The whole school was like a hundred twenty thousand, and okay. for me, it was like 
twenty, thirty thousand. Nice. So it's still a significant scholarship, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm gonna just take a risk. You know, if I like it, I like it. And I was like, you know, whatever. So uh, I accepted it, and they're like, all right, but you need two years of culinary experience. Or actually, I think they changed it to one year when I started. But there, you need one year of actual culinary experience. And I was like, you know what? So I just started working in kitchens, just like started applying. No, just to start applying places. And I started out in uh, North Hollywood. Okay. Worked at a couple like small places, barbecue restaurants, like diners. And then uh, I moved, ended up moving to San Francisco. And I stayed with my sister for like a month. Got my own place. And my entire stay in San Francisco, I had three jobs. Uh, literally ranging from like a deli to um, like a bar. And then like a higher quality bar. And then I just kept moving up, kept moving up. Kept learning more, and everyone's like, oh, dude, you're a beast in the kitchen, you know? Like, you should come check this place out. We could use your help. And I just kept getting opportunities, and I was like, ah, oh, but I don't want to leave the deli that I'm working at. I really like the owner. He was super cool. So I was like, oh, I'll just have two jobs. And then the third job happened. I was like, ah, oh, well, I don't want to leave the first two. So I was like, I'm going to do a third job. And I'd get a free meal at every job, so I wasn't really spending any money on food. And you were making and money at all these jobs. I was jobs. making money, yeah, exactly. And, and I was just learning new skills. You know, I was learning. I've literally worked in every single kitchen station you can think of. Wow. So literally any station, salad, fryer, grill. This is all broiler. before you went to that. This was all before I went to culinary school. Oh, yeah. And then I got a super lucky break. Started working at Michael Mina, one Michelin star restaurant in San, San Francisco. Started working there, was loving it. And someone else at the same week was like, oh, there's this place also in San Francisco. They just won a James Beard Award, and you should check that place out. Ended up becoming like the lead pastry chef there, and pastry was my whole goal in the beginning. So I ended up working there in that place, Michael Mina, and then I had a third job. And they were all food-related, all in the kitchen. Sweet. And I did that literally for a little bit, a couple days over a year. So like full year plus yep. a couple days. And I like that they do that. I like that they make you get a year of hands-on experience. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, they took it out, unfortunately, for I'm pretty sure money reasons, which sucks. Yeah, they want you to be in the school yeah. right away. <laughs> yeah. Start giving us money. <laughs> but yeah, after that year, um, honestly, like, it was like a week before I started school, I got an interview at another really famous uh, bakery by uh, Thomas Keller. I don't know if you guys heard of him. Not familiar, but... but. He's uh, one of, like, the best chefs, especially in the U.S. Nice. I think he has, like, the first or second best restaurant, like, nine Michelin stars. So you are working under him? I was, yeah, yeah. I was working under him. I worked there for eight months uh, at Bouchon Bakery. So that's a super famous bakery, again, by Thomas Keller. And... Um, was I he kind of your mentor for that eight months? Oh, uh, no. I never. I saw him, like, once or twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, like, so, like, big, he wasn't, like... It's just, even, his, it's just his shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, he, he's, he's, like, definitely a talented chef. And, like, he, he deserves having all those places. When I started school and I started telling everyone that I was working at Bouchon, everyone was like, oh, dude, sorry, you're going to have to quit. And I was like, why do I have to quit? Yeah. And they were like, oh, dude, it's going to be way too much work. You're like, you're going to break down. And I'm like, nah, dude, like, I can work two jobs. Like, a job in school is no big deal. Mm-hmm. And they said that no one had lasted more than four weeks doing both at the same time. And I ended up doing it for, like, 16 weeks. So, like, it, it was hard as fuck. And then you're like, okay, that's, that's enough? Or uh, No, no. I, the only reason I quit was because I ended up getting, uh, I got scouted in Florida to go oh, work at a chocolatier place. And the, I got hit up and they were just like. Where in Florida? Uh, Fort Myers. Dude. Yeah, I think we actually oh, talked about Oh, did we ever talk about this? Dude, I'm yeah, yeah. fucking over the hill. I think I'm... we talked about it on New Year's. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Norman Love Confection. So I ended up working there for, like, three months and I absolutely hated Florida. 
Four Myers is rough. Yeah, I, mean, I love it because I golf. Yeah. But if you don't golf, there's really nothing to do. Yeah, there was nothing to do. I was only 20 years old. Couldn't yeah. go to any bars. Oh, no. So it, it was miserable for me. But uh, the actual place that I worked at, super talented people, famous chocolatiers. What's it called? Norman Love Confections. Norman Love Confections. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up working there for three, three-ish months. And uh, yeah, then I just left and went back to Vegas and... That, that's where I started my life in Vegas. Into, oh, really? Yeah. So right before this, I moved back to L.A. in March. And before that, I lived in Vegas for three years. Wait, so how long were you at that college then? Just the 16 weeks? Yeah, no, the college and the job, I was there eight months. I don't know where the okay. 16 came from. But I was there, but I was at school. You do both for 16 I did weeks? For, no, for eight months. Okay. I don't know why. I, I, don't, I have no idea why I said 16, month, 16 weeks. But it was eight so months. eight months you were working both. Yeah, it was eight months that I worked both, and no one said I would last four. And then you graduated, and that's months. all it is, is an eight-month course? Uh, I did not end up graduating school. I had two months left. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Like, is did, did you find you were learning more at the jobs I learned way you were? <laughs> I learned way more at the jobs. The only thing that school taught me was more at the science. And okay. Like, like the little, theory. Little, yeah, the theory, essentially, yeah. And I learned a lot, and I did a bunch of cool stuff. But they also made me taste like three different kinds of flowers or like 10 different kinds of flowers. Huh. And tip of advice, they all taste like ass. They all taste like flour. <laughs> they have different consistencies and like textures, but they all... There's so flour. just little like science experiments yeah, to exactly. get your tongue yeah. Uh, yeah. trained. So uh, that, that was pretty much what culinary school was. Yeah, they taught you how to like do a bunch of stuff. But again, you learn more of that actually working and doing it in kitchens in like a real life setting. Then and then just like, oh, bake this cake, you know, like, yeah, they'll tell you to bake one cake, but yeah. your job's going to be like, okay, bake that cake like 20 times. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> you really good 20 at times it. and you're like, okay, that cake's easy. And then I went to school and they're like, bake that cake that you've baked a billion times and we'll, we'll we'll grade you on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. And I just do it and like, oh, and I was passing with flying colors. And then easy. do you think that that... Um, degree what's it called diploma that you get is kind of uh, laughed at in the culinary world once you I, get out i wouldn't or? say necessarily laughed at but the last two semesters that i had was like uh specialty breads mm -hmm. chocolatier and i went to florida and learned all that so i didn't need to take that class anymore well i didn't need to take it but like the school would have made me specialty breads chocolate wine and front of house which is serving people okay and I was like, I don't really need to learn any of that. And I already have the skills to work in other restaurants. And my resume alone would get me to work in, like, nice restaurants. So I was like, I, I don't need to go back to school. Yeah. But I do want to go eventually just to get that piece of paper. Just, sure. just to get it. But uh, I don't think I need to go. No, not at all. Yeah, I kind of uh, am cut from the same cloth in that I went to an apprenticeship, an internship in my senior year. Um, in a recording studio and I was like I'm learning so much in this place I mean looking back I still feel like I took it for granted and could have learned so much more had I yeah. actually not <laughs> been a stupid 17 year old <laughs> but I got to record such cool bands and like you said your 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 muscle memory starts to get yeah. trained because you're doing the same thing over and over and over and comping vocals over and over and all the things that I still do to this day I'm like wow I was like learning that in a really repetitive, sometimes it got tedious and annoying, especially for a young kid. But um, one of the biggest things I learned at the apprenticeship from my mentor was, you know, all they're going to teach you if you pay a bunch of money to go to that recording studio school is how to do this very quickly 
and in their method. And the thing about music is there's so many different ways to do different genres and different styles of recording. And someone might think this is the right way, whereas the rest of your whole demographic might not want that. Um, so I was like, I pumped the brakes on going to school. I'm just going to like keep recording bands and keep showing up to the studio and recording at the studio. And um, I ended up playing on some of the records that were coming through that studio. So yeah, like, I think that that's an important lesson for people is like, especially kids, like, you know, don't always take the pressure from your parents that you have to go to school, super literally, especially in the field of arts, because there's private lessons and courses that you could get for a lot cheaper, and you might not get that diploma, but a lot of times, especially in um, the the music world, that diploma is kind of like, you're just another one of those 8 million kids that no one, got that no diploma. One's, no one's asking The diploma's for not going to actually make you better. <laughs> no one's right. ever asked what a musician for their diploma. Never. No one's ever asked a filmmaker for their diploma. No. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> I've no never been ever asked, asked a degree. chef for a diploma. Yeah, so, yeah never. And not saying that it's not a good thing, because we all got them. Oh, it's a great thing. Right? Or, or I mean, what we both did, I don't know. Did you say... I didn't even end up going, no. And a lot of my friends who did are done. And honestly, like, good for you, man. Like, you didn't. You don't know all this fucking money. Right, right. Uh, and, and yeah. I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot by going and graduating too. Of course, a lot of things on yeah. the side that you wouldn't have known. Um, I'd much rather have gone and done that than been a kid who had the passion for it, mm-hmm. decided to go and do something safe, and then never pursued the passion at all. And that's fair too. And it kind of it's like paying for a personal trainer. It kind of uh, leaves you accountable to actually own up to all that money that you're spending. Yeah. And makes you work out and become fit. It makes you invest in the gear to be a good filmmaker. Right. It makes you put that money to work on all the experience that you learned of like, all right, well, even if I think all of that was, you know, a little excessive on the money side and scammy, a lot of people do consider it scammy. I love that. I'm going to put it to work and I'm going to make sure that, you know, I at least got something out of it. So I'm just glad personally that I didn't, you know, spend a bunch of money on going to school. And now I have like a lot of great gear that I wouldn't have been able to afford had I gone to school too. So that's another thing is that's very, that's the first. Of course. No worries. And we're back. We had to have a little uh, intermission after 30 minutes as all three of our cameras reset after 30 minutes. I know you guys have a lot of big ambitious goals with the channel and that's (laughs) exciting because it has potential, I will say. It's got the tutorial element, which is huge, especially in the YouTube world. And me personally, I learned 90% of the stuff I learned, (laughs) not by going to school and spending a bunch of money, but just watching people and their own personalities, which you guys also kill. Uh, you You do a really good job at. Um, explaining how to do something and doing it in a really um, formal way, but fun way. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot from it. And if I can stress it to people, if you're working on your own YouTube channel or whatever platform, podcast, if you have it on Spotify or anything, I mean, me personally, I'm learning as I go. And um, to to be of value is so important. And if you're showing people how to make these products... It's extremely valuable, but also it makes you want to buy the products, which you guys are selling the products. Uh, no, not, not really selling. Uh, uh, not selling. If you want to try it, more than happy to let people try them. 
So you're literally just making these damn expensive... Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, They're so expensive to make. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do ask people to kind of like donate okay. to, like, re- to cover the cost because I do put a shit ton of weed in there and it does take a long time. So is it because you can't legally sell them? Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about that. Yeah. So, can't legally sell them. There's a lot of, lot of weed in those. Those are very potent. And uh, we, do, we do not sell any weed products because we don't have a license for it. But you we can legally give them away? Um, the homies, yeah. I mean, it's recreationally okay. legal. It's as long as you're yeah. 21, you're allowed to consume yeah. marijuana if, 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 on your you know, own. Yeah, I mean, you're allowed to make that decision for yourself. Yeah. If, if our product, not even product, yeah. they're not products, right? It's, it's if our you're, food, you're allowed to give people cooks. cocktails if you're over 21, you know? Like, same, same thing, you okay. know? But, but we just don't have a license to sell weed the same way we don't have a license to oh, sell liquor. Because that license know? is friggin'. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of just dollars. Just to apply, it's like twelve thousand dollars, right? Just yeah, the application. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Okay, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Apply. That, that, that makes a lot. There's stimulus check. <laughs> yeah, no, the actual <laughs> license is like sixty thousand. It's somewhere wow. around there. Yeah. Right, which I mean, you know, down the well, line. Eventually, eventually, we'll love to the get goals a license are to actually sell. I mean, yeah. man, I mean, this is a frontier. You know, there's a lot of opportunities here. For sure. For everyone in in this industry, um, it's it's just getting off the ground. It's just getting legalized in certain states. It's not even federally legal yet, but we're on that path. So. I, it looks, it's looking up, and as soon as I think people start to, I mean, it's already to the point where, I mean, there's, there's places selling it on the street that don't have licenses. They're like the place, one of the places we go to, they don't have a license. They're operating as a smoke shop, and they just sell from yeah. the back. They just have a little menu <laughs> on the counter. You get on the app? Oh, okay. No, you go in, they got a menu on the counter, you go up, and it's like, you could, no, they don't card anyone really mm-hmm. at the door. But once you go to the back, they're, they're like, "What's up? What's good?" Uh, it's prohibition. There you go, you know. And uh, so I'm, and, and that's on a that's on a busy street corner in, yeah. in like a suburb, yeah. a suburb, <laughs> like of, of, of of the you know. San yeah, Florida I'm sure. Island. I'm sure a lot of them are just doing it underground. Legally. So I'm, I'm telling you, man. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's an issue with us taking donations and. Yeah, people, people. I mean, we're not doing anything like crazy. it's basically like a party donation. Hey, come to our party. You could donate for the cost of this party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we were a little worried at first, but we actually now apparently have a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> one of my friends, one of okay. the my, one of the people I used to work for when I first started cooking, mm-hmm. uh, he actually was training to be a lawyer, studying to be a lawyer, and I think he just recently passed his bar exam like a month or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, he he gave us a like the lowdown. Uh, so he knows all the regulations yeah. on it. Well, he didn't know yet, but he's in, he's going to the ever changing regulations. Yeah. Right. The exacts. But but I mean, from that's what the he did, other what like, he could tell us part is like this entire industry is just a gray zone. You know, no one yeah. really knows. It's evolving so fast yeah. too. Like, you could you could dump a bunch of money into creating this business, and then they slap a new regulation. I, my friends are going through it in San Diego too, uh, and it's bet. like. It's rough. I yeah. hope the regulations like only yeah. get calmer, uh, you know, uh, maybe through the pandemic, maybe through, you know, the technology the pandemic brings. I think I think the humanity kind of is just evolving as well. For sure. And it's like people are opening their eyes to like how bad it really isn't, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just it's literally just a plant, you know. And that's also what I'm kind of trying to like show people with the channel mm-hmm. is that it can be used as just like a little sprinkle on top of, of your food and it can still be used in like a lot of things and you're not, it's not the whole like dumbass stoner stereotype that. Yeah. It's not the party drug that it used yeah, to be. Yeah, for sure. yeah. your brain on drugs and yeah. it's like a scrambled egg in a pan. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's also what I'm trying to show is like, there's a lot of functioning stoners out there. It's not just like idiots who just smoke weed and sit on the couch all day. 
Oh yeah, no, yeah. for sure. If anything, that's what like streaming has exposed a lot of. Is yeah. a lot of these podcasters are smoking weed. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, not just streaming, but like just just in general. I think now since it was legalized, like, yeah, you found everyone is like smoking. You know. Yes, I can't remember who said it, but and their it was mom like, and their grandma. Yeah, <laughs> most most of these dispensaries are filled with boomers or like yeah. people who haven't smoked in twenty years that are like, oh, it's forty years. If it's legal now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you got YouTube videos of grandma smoking with their. I know, I've seen that. Like the three generations. <laughs> really? of I haven't seen that. They yeah. rip a bong. Rip too, the bong. Like, oh, oh, this fuck. is pretty good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's now, funny. are you guys uh, looking to have guests on future episodes? Is it going to be yeah. the same platform? It's it's on high uh, quality edibles. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I'll kind of explain the structure, which yeah. we kind of evolved. It evolved from Jonathan. Honestly, like we we started kicking it again, uh, and we like we ran into each other and started kind of cross paths like a few years ago. Yeah. And we'd like invite each other to you know Jonathan would be in town. He was living in Vegas. Since I was in Vegas too. We were yeah. Like, so yeah, we, yeah, but it was cool to reconnect, and it was always like, dude, like, oh bro, like you're like basically like my godbrother. We are godbrothers. Yeah, you know, yeah. like our parents. <laughs> were, yeah, yeah. His like, parents are my godparents. We grew gotcha. up together all through elementary school, even middle school, and and yeah. then so I was like, man, like we gotta hang out more. And then so this year I, I hit him up, and I think he missed my message like a few times, and then all yeah. of a sudden he was like, oh shit, wait, like yeah. yeah. And we finally ended up kicking one day, and we're chilling. I don't even think the, the channel came up in the beginning. Right, but, right. Uh, eventually, I was like, yeah, I'm actually trying to start a, a, a channel, like, making videos on how to teach people to make edibles. Okay. Kind of inform people on, like, dosing, and Evan was like, I can help you with that. You know, he has a film background, and I was like, oh, like, interesting, you know. Like, Which the production, by the way. I was way, like, dude, I was just like, the in the beginning, you know, it... it it really, it really came very natural, almost like a, just sort of like a growing, felt like just like sort of an organism, like just evolving on its own. Like no, we honestly. just really didn't even need to do much other than just kind of talk. Mm-hmm. And as it, it went from Jonathan asking me questions about iPhone, how to shoot on like, well, oh, what, what should I, I use? I was initially going to film the first iPhone yeah. episode just on my phone by how myself. How can I get like a cheap light? Yeah, and I was like, all like dude, like I'm unemployed, bro. Like I'll go, like yeah. I'll shoot it for you, man. And then I went from that to realizing like that we can really create this channel yeah. uh, and structure it in a way to be very different, not just a tutorial, which alone, like what he is teaching you, uh, what we are teaching you now, because now I'm involved in the, the, the and what's cool is becoming involved in that in that educational process. I'm l- both learning about it, which is something I'm you know these are skills that I've taken from my last company. Yeah, where I was interviewing people, and I and I'm learning about it myself, yeah. and now I'm tra- I'm finding out the, the easiest way to communicate it to you as the filmmaker. Yeah, that's your job. Basically, but I mean, well, I mean, I got many jobs. We both have like 21 hats each. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, you know, but what's cool is that we each fill in each space perfectly. It feels like mm-hmm. just like a, like a puzzle piece just going into place because, again, like the left and right brain, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm solving all of the creative issues, the, uh, the problems, um, as, you know, the film, all of that. But on top of it, it's like the marketing side of our business is the way I see myself. Like I'm the one, I'm the salesman. I literally ran a sales company. It was just with video. And we were doing high ticket sales for businesses, really? you know, businesses selling products yeah. upwards of, yeah, I mean, our videos, some of our, some, one of the last videos I made was for a company called Agora Financial, a $2 billion, like informational, it's the top information company in the United States. They do this stuff for like Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins and shit. And I did a, Sweet. I did a video for them and like they put a hundred K in it behind it, like on YouTube, a hundred K on like an advertisement. I had to make sure that that shit was like. 
You know, Looking like good. I had to make yeah. sure that we're saying the right things. I had to make sure we're selling the thing because if we're putting 100K into that thing, that better make money, you know? Mm-hmm. And all I feel like is we're doing it in a different way now. Like we're, we're finding really cool and interesting ways to sell our shit. Like I'll sell our, our, our idea, our idea. Yeah. sell our, our yeah. sell our creations, um, our high quality edibles. Yeah. And like I said, it's informative and it's your own, um, it's got your guys' own like, personality to it and it flows really well it's like and even for people who don't smoke weed or don't you know want to like i no longer am really into it anymore it keeps me up all night and makes me anxious from time to time but i'm entertained watching how to do it and i know that it's a huge business multi-billion dollar potential business Mm -hmm. and it's intriguing to just you know see how things are made and so anyone who's like not even into weed, check it out. Check out how they do it, <laughs> and uh, and and not only how they make the food, but how they make videos. Because it's honestly the, the production value is incredible. I, yeah, I never thought it would ever ever look like that in my head. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's man. awesome. It's awesome to be able to find to see what he sees through my lens and yeah. then show it and to you. Become even better than what lens. I saw. Right, my vision. I was like, all right, it's going to look like this. And Evan was like, but it could look like this. And I was just like, whoa, you know, I didn't even think it could look that good. Yeah. yeah and, and on top of it, we're throwing in the sketches, right? We're throwing in. And what you mentioned, which I wanted, I wanted to circle back to, is the guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want yeah, to answer, yeah. answer that. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the part that really evolved towards the end was realizing yeah. how much we can make this into not just a tutorial. And that's where some people were saying, oh, you got like the, just make a tutorial. But then you have a lot more people saying, no, 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 no. Like, what you guys are doing is dope. You guys are doing something new. Yes, you're giving us a tutorial, but we have this this sort of structure where you're getting a funny little comedic bit in the beginning. You're getting a little story thrown in there, a little backstory behind mm-hmm. what we're cooking. Sure. Then at the end, you're That's getting... That's always fun. It's fun, right? And it's a cool way to introduce it, and it's creative. And then at the end, you've got... Uh, the you guys guests. actually eating the and trying it. Yeah, yeah. We, it's at the in the first one was me, Jonathan, and our uh, my my roommate, Cameron. That's know, why I thought has been one of my my like biggest film partners. Yeah, I, first thing I said. So is Cam the guest on this one? Because he just pops up. Essentially, the, so he's our so yeah. he's our creator. He's one of our creative producers. He's the guy that we're always always hanging out while, while we're talking. He's always there because he's my roommate. But on top of it, he's he's also a filmmaker. He works in one of the studios. And yeah. We started working together since way back, and since I was doing a, a short film you know, in college and I went to the film club and he was the kid there. So it felt right to start our first episode with just like the team that put this sure. together. And he, sure. he put a lot of ideas into play yeah. as far as what we could do with like the brunch that we're going to have mm-hmm. on episode two, as far as what we could do with this talk show and, and, and how we could have more guests on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of pushed for that and we kind of saw like, Oh no, 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 you're right. You know, we weren't really sure whether or not to go for that, but then we realized absolutely. And we could even turn that into a podcast that could, because, of course, these episodes, we want them to be concise. We don't want the podcast to drag too long because that alone could be an hour, right, with certain For guests. For sure, yeah. Uh, but, then we, but then that's when I started to talk with them about, wait a second, we could do this podcast format. Yeah, let's have a guest over every time, a different guest. They can be in the sketch if they want. We can bring them through the kitchen. And the tutorials right. are so to the point and well-produced that they're, that portion's only seven, eight minutes long. Yeah, potentially it'll run anywhere yeah. from that long to like 10, 12 if it's a longer recipe. Sure. But uh, yeah, absolutely. And then so we have this time to sit down with someone and it could still be a very concise episode under 20, under 20 minutes, 15-ish. Um, and we cut down into the highlights mm-hmm. on our 
official high quality edible uh, tutorial, mm-hmm. you know, show is what right. we call it, the cooking show, right? Which it's not, it's different than every any cooking show, and it's different than any tutorial in the way that tutorials are typically just cut and dry DIY. Yeah. Whereas cooking shows not DIY. This at is all. like a brief cooking show. Exactly. It, it's a it's a it's a it's a tutorial show infused with a cooking show <laughs> because you really you you can't have um, a cooking show and learn anything on it because mm-hmm. it's all about entertainment. So people are yelling at each other and they're like racing for the timer and shit like yeah. that. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's more about like the, the chaos and like the personalities and they take over to the point where you're like, oh man, I wish I knew how to make that. Yeah, no, that's that's one thing I don't like about trash TV is they're always looking for a conflict. Right. And I don't always want to see a conflict. No. <laughs> it's like, damn, that looks really cool. How do I make that? I want to learn something and yeah. be inspired. Yeah, and trash like, oh. TV never does that for yeah. me. Since MTV stopped showing music, <laughs> yeah. literally nothing you on watch, TV. You watch the Great British Baking Show, whatever the hell that is, and and you're watching, you're sitting there, and you're going like, man, and and then you just realize that like the the tools they're using, everything that they're using, you're just like, man, there's no way I could ever do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's the opposite of what we want to do. We want to like democratize these like gourmet sort of things and and just give them to you and say, hey, here. Mm-hmm. And most people, probably the majority of our users, are never going to make these things, but they're. That, yeah, that's what I was getting at is you don't even need to like be, um, you know, inspired to make these or have the, you know, the money. I'm sure it costs a lot to make freaking pistachio weed ice cream. Ah, <laughs> uh, actually, you're surprised. Really? Yeah, you, you would definitely be That's surprised. another thing. Maybe you should. Oh, well, you do mention how much it costs to make the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's honestly fun. really cheap. Just for the ingredients. ingredients. The, weed, the weed is the most of like, the costly part. That's honestly what's the biggest cost on every recipe. All, all the recipes actually cost less than like five but, to ten dollars. But I mean, even the, even the wheat, like if you're just doing one batch, yeah. Oh I mean, yeah, you're, you're using one batch. You know, eight grams, seven grams. That's only gonna run you like what, like seventy-ish, eighty bucks. Yeah, so one hundred for depending, on where, you depending get it. on where you get it from. Fair. Yeah. So. Well, that's awesome. I learned a lot more just now, and uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see what guests you guys get on. I'm excited to see the future episodes. Seth Rogen, we're coming for you. Seth Rogen, <laughs> the guy from High Maintenance. Oh, the guy, the, the guy, guy, the guy, Ben Sinclair. Well, <laughs> we want you. Maybe, uh, maybe if I finally get my big break and we do something early enough, maybe I can be one of your guests on one of these. Oh, hell yeah, <laughs> oh, hell yeah bro! And you guys could all see uh, how nerdy and weird I get when I um, am under the influence. <laughs> but um, I don't know how long we've been doing this, but this was really fun. Yeah, yeah if been. you wouldn't mind, I would love to just plug our our next episode, which Definitely. is going to be coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'll go for my. I'll I'll become my salesman self, <laughs> alter ego. Uh, so we're doing a second episode. It's coming out uh, probably sometime next week. So like uh, probably about ten days from. So this will probably be out by the time this is out. <sighs> yeah, it depends. I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, so it's coming out about ten days or so because cool. we're shooting it this weekend, and I'm just gonna rush to get it out because I, I this one I'm super stoked about. So I know I'm gonna yeah. want to edit <laughs> through it ASAP. Yeah. Uh, so we had the idea to do a brunch, like inspired episode. Oh, so that, that's the thing we shot the skit for today, yeah, right? Yeah. So the, yeah, so Mike, you were in the skit starring me, starring <laughs> no, I'm Mike in the background and and Sienna <laughs> sticking and out like a sore thumb. <laughs> um, so it's an office themed skit, and okay. uh, it it leads into us becoming so stressed and overwhelmed that this is now like our job to like do this. You know, we're like, this yeah, is yeah. what we signed up for. We just wanted to get baked. Two. <laughs> nice. Yeah, hashtag baked. So and all of a sudden, you know, it leads into this brunch which we're going to be doing on Sunday. And we had the idea to do like a, we wanted to have a bunch of people come and try this because it's, it's, it's going to be so just multiple products. 
Well, well, no, uh, actually, no, it's, it's actually going to is... be like an actual brunch, like meal, which we're doing eggs Benedict. Ooh. So, but the infused part is the hollandaise. Yeah, so I'm going to infuse the hollandaise, and I'm also going to do like an infused like breakfast potatoes, just just fucking cuz. Nice. <laughs> just because I know cause. I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're having three different groups of homies that we know from different walks of life, two from high school back in the day since we're in our hometown, and a third that we actually just met. She tried our ice cream, I think, and she, like, loved it, and she wants to bring all that. She's actually coming to L.A. Like, she hit us up. She's like, what do you got for me? Like, I'm ready. <laughs> like, empty my wallet. Like, <laughs> let's go. So there's a lot of people that are already super, like, on board to, like, go all in on for this. For sure. It's yeah. crazy. I'm not surprised. So she's literally hitting me up. When are we opening a weed-themed restaurant? <laughs> when are we yeah, opening yeah. a fused restaurant? So now we're going to have them all over to Jonathan's place, serve them all within, like, the blo- like around 420. On Sunday, so it's gonna okay. be a late brunch. At the end, we have our buddy Jordan coming coming through. Jordan Nelson Stewin, fire twirler, yeah. L- like legit. And so we're gonna be all baked as fuck on Jonathan's front lawn, watching him like twirl fire. Twirl fire. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see how this goes down because so we're filming this before it happens and we're releasing it after it happens. So uh, you can probably go check it out right now. Episode two of High Quality Edibles, a THC infused brunch. Absolutely. Does that wrap it up? That wraps it up. Thank you so much yeah. for having us, man. Yeah, I, thank you so much. I can't wait to watch your podcast grow. Thank you. Know. Yeah. Uh, you're an awesome host. Oh, and by oh, the way, thanks. I'm trying. <laughs> your little like music thing like that you had where you're like, oh, like and subscribe, watch our YouTube. Oh, that was Absolutely great. loved it, dude. Oh, thanks. You have an amazing voice, too, by the way. Oh, thank, oh, thank you, guys. guys. Creativity so level, good, level yeah. 11, dude. Yeah, very catchy, very great everything. Oh, uh, you guys don't need to pump my tires. <laughs> I'm, I'm conceited enough. <laughs> no, thank you for having me at your beautiful apartment uh, again and again here. You're and, welcome. Um, I'm excited to see what happens and congrats on the release. And uh, yeah, let's keep it coming. We're really doing it. <laughs> Evan and <laughs> Chef John of High Quality Edibles. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. <laughs> and that does it, folks. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of State of My Art Podcast. Big thanks to Evan and Chef John of High Quality Edibles. I'm really excited to see where this adventure goes. Big thanks to Vocalies, as always, for supporting our voices. And thank you for checking out this episode of State of My Art Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, give it a like or a follow or a subscribe wherever you're hearing this or watching this. I really appreciate you. Thank you again, Chef John and Evan, and thank you all. We will see you next week for another episode of State My Art Podcast.